Game Quest is brought to you by Smoky Mountain Organics. It's East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store, focusing on natural products and organic remedies to a variety of ailments. You can visit one of the four locations located in Gallenberg, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, and the newest location at 8018 Kingston Pike across from the Trader Joe's in Knoxville. Smoky Mountain Organics features the best brands and CBD products, bath and body care items, organic teas, and has the largest selection of plant therapy essential oils in Tennessee, plus many more items. So if you head on, if you head on over to any of the in-store locations, again, Pigeon Forge, Gallenberg, Sevierville, and right across the street from the Trader Joe's at 8018, right in Knoxville, and mention you're a Vol fan, mention VolQuest, you're going to get 15% off your total, your total purchase price. That's on in-store purchases only. Big thanks to Smoky Mountain Organics, a proud sponsor of VolQuest.com. Your game quest for Kentucky, it starts now. It's another game day for Tennessee football and first-year head coach Josh Heupel. Get in the know with Game Quest, a VolQuest pregame podcast with Ben McKee and Eric Kane. Game Quest starts now. Welcome to Game Quest, Kentucky edition. I'm Eric Kane alongside Ben McKee. Looking forward to diving into the ins and outs of this matchup. Tennessee looking to avenge a 34-7 defeat uh, that took place at Eland Stadium at the hands of Kentucky last season. That was only the uh, the that was the first win inside Neyland Stadium since 1984 for Kentucky. But new year, uh, new teams, a lot of new personnel. And it should be an exciting game up in Lexington at Kroger Field. Uh, ben, I'm, I'm looking forward to a good game, and I think uh, I think this is a game that Tennessee desperately needs, and I think it's a, it's a game where Tennessee can go up there and get. Absolutely. Happy game day. It'll be a, a fun evening at Kroger Field, and I know Tennessee fans like to joke on Kentucky, and, and rightfully so, but I've, I've been there the past – Two times Tennessee has been there, 2017, 2019. Uh, 19 was was jammed, packed. I, I don't know if it was sold out, but it, it was a big crowd by, by their standards. It, it was almost completely full, and it, it was a great college football atmosphere, not, not anything like Alabama or Tennessee or Auburn or A&M, so on and, and so forth. Uh, nothing like Tennessee's, but it, it was still a really good college football atmosphere. It, it was the same in 2017 as well. And I, I saw an email this morning that was sent my way from Kentucky's athletics communication saying that uh, tonight's game is sold out. So it'll be a fun college football environment. And uh, Tennessee is going to have to uh, be on its P's and Q's because uh, I don't think Kentucky is what I necessarily thought it was a couple of weeks ago, and, and we'll get into that. But Kentucky is still more than capable of of beating Tennessee, so it should be a fun football game. Yeah, I've got a uh, I got a column coming out before kickoff, and uh, you know it's 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 not your grandfather's Kentucky, but it's still Kentucky nonetheless. What I mean by that, and I'll get in more uh, detail in the column. Hope you hope you guys enjoy it, but it's one of those where you know Tennessee can't take Kentucky for granted right now at this stage in the rebuild. And it really hasn't, it really couldn't for the last, you know, four or five years or so, because just as you saw last year, Kentucky is a good enough team. It's well coached. It's good enough for the line of scrimmage to where it can smack you in the mouth and it can beat the crap out of you. If you don't come in ready, ready to go. And again, you saw that last year, but I think, you know, with Josh Heupel, it, that will not be the case much longer, uh, you know, hopefully, but I think Mark Stoops has done a fine job there. 
but I think this is a, a team that you know Tennessee fans expect to win from every single year. And, and to their credit, it should be a win every single. It should be because Tennessee should never, never be out recruited by Kentucky. That's just point blank. But right now it is. And, and again, hopefully, uh, you know that will change and that narrative will change moving on. I like the trajectory of uh, Josh Heupel, you know, moving forward. And um, I just think this is a game to where it does not resonate with the with the Floridas, the Georgias, the Alabamas. Um, I don't think fans view Kentucky just like Vanderbilt, but fans view Kentucky as a game that Tennessee should win. I mean, for years and years and years, it was you sweep the end of the regular season, Kentucky and Vanderbilt, Kentucky and Vanderbilt. It's not been the case as often the last, really since 2010, but it's still a game, in my opinion, Ben, that Tennessee should win every single year. But you can't take him for granted because Mark Stoops has done more than any coach in America with what he's been given. Absolutely. Mark Stoops is is doing a great job at Kentucky. And it's kind of funny that if Kentucky were to win out and and go 10 and 2, they'd probably be playing in the Sugar Bowl. Yep. And if if Tennessee beats Kentucky tonight, they're going nine and three and not going to a Sugar Bowl. And their fans are going to be upset. And and that just speaks to how far Mark Stoops has come at Kentucky, and again, he deserves a, a ton of credit. The fact that Kentucky fans would be upset with a 9-3 and three season, and they would be upset because they feel that they did not take advantage of what is a relatively easy SEC schedule. To start 6-1 and one and beat Florida, beat LSU, and then to, to lose to Mississippi State, to lose to Tennessee – Kentucky fans will be very frustrated. So I think it's funny to hear that conversation this week uh, when, when you look back and, and see what Kentucky was with Joker Phillips before yeah. <laughs> Mark Stoops got that job. So uh, Mark Stoops has done a tremendous job. But to your point, Eric, it, it's still even with Mark Stoops being tremendous at Kentucky, Tennessee should should never lose this football game because at Tennessee you have better football players. You have – better resources to go out and get better football players. And I'm, I'm not naive to think that Tennessee should win every single season. It, it plays Kentucky. That, that just does not happen. Uh, it, it's unrealistic to, to think that Tennessee is going to beat Kentucky for 50 straight years, but it should be the expectation that Tennessee should win. If, if that makes sense, because at Tennessee, you should be better at football than Kentucky every single season. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think the 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 streaks of twenty six, the streaks of thirty one that uh, you know Florida had Kentucky by, you know those. I, I'm not sure. I'm sure there are current winning streaks that rival those right now that are ongoing. But you know those are a, a lot of the past right now, just because you know we're in an age to where resources are more readily available. Name, image, and likeness is going to change all that. But yeah, it, this is this is a game that Tennessee should get every single year, and. Um, I, I think Tennessee's kind of back onto that path. And this is a game to where we're going to break it all down here in a moment uh, to where it is as much respect as I have for Mark Stoops and, and for Kentucky and this ball club right now. This, I mean, in my opinion, this is the same old Kentucky. It's great at the line of scrimmage, good on defense, um, offensively struggles, tries to ugly things up. It's going to slow it down and it is not equipped to play from behind. And so I think that that is a key for Tennessee moving forward. We're going to get into all that. And I promise, but just briefly, just a couple of minutes, I do want to bring up the, the, the major news item of the week. And, and Ben, uh, it dropped obviously on Thursday, we were all over it and Jimmy Himes is on it and you know, the national media took it over and everything, but it, it's a huge story. It's, it's that of the internal investigation is over 
at the University of Tennessee. It's been going on a year. I mean, it started last November. It obviously resulted in the firing of former head coach Jeremy Pruitt for impermissible recruiting benefits and all that, allegedly. And, you know, there's there's still some more to come with this in terms of whenever the NCAA finally circles back around. But from a Tennessee perspective, it spent a million dollars investigating its own. It's had the NCAA involved the entire time. No postseason bowl ban, which we didn't think that, that was going to be a thing to begin with. There will be some self-imposed recruiting restrictions at some point be, to be made aware. But uh, I think this is an important step for Tennessee to, okay, we've 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 gone past this part of the process. Now it's up to the NCAA. We can move on. The coaching staff now has something they can tell prospects who have a lot of questions. Yeah, two two things that come to mind in, in relation to this news that Brent Hubbs was able to get a hold of and break is that, A, I think it's the right decision. I, I do think that with everything that was going on, firing your football coach and eight other assistants, eight other people who worked for Tennessee football, uh, a total of nine people, I believe it was, to me, that's sufficient enough uh, of a punishment. And at, at least in terms of, of self-imposed uh, punishments. Um, and, and Tennessee is still going to self-impose some other restrictions. It's just going to be very, very small things and nothing that amounts to the type of thing of, of self-imposing a, a bowl ban. So Tennessee is is not getting off scotch-free as some of the national media members or even SEC media members wanted to make it make it seem. Like Tennessee had to fire its football coach, had to fire a bunch of people on the football staff. That's a pretty significant punishment. And I, I realize there's the, the fact that what played into Tennessee being willing to get rid of Jeremy Pruitt was the fact that the on-field play was, was very subpar and, and was trending in the wrong direction, quite frankly, spiraling out of control. I do believe personally that if, if Jeremy Pruitt had been successful and, and was winning and, and showed signs of a good football coach, I think Tennessee would have stood by Jeremy Pruitt. Quite frankly, I think if Jeremy Pruitt was a good football coach here at Tennessee, I, I don't think that this ever would have come out, quite frankly. Uh, so that, that's a different conversation, but uh, just trying to keep it simple and sweet. Uh, that is a punishment to still have to fire your football coach and fire other staff members. And again, no self-imposement of a bowl game, but they'll self-impose some other penalties uh, that that just don't hit as hard as a bowl ban. So it's not like Tennessee's getting off scotch-free. So that's the first thought. I do agree with Tennessee not self-imposing a bowl ban because I think most of the cancer, so to speak, is, is out of this program. And then, B, what you brought up, this is huge for recruiting. I've talked to several recruits over the months. You have as well, Eric. It, it was something that was truly impacting Tennessee, and it was because of the unknown of, of what the punishment could be and how other SEC coaches were lying to these prospects, saying, if you go to Tennessee, you won't play the postseason for, for your entire career. It's going to be a three-, four-year postseason bowl ban, and that was never going to be the case. So for Tennessee to have that cloud removed and just out of the way, it's a huge, huge, huge weight off of the shoulders of this coaching staff that they can go out and now recruit players that were weary about possible punishments. Now these, these kids won't be affected by it. So um, A, I think Tennessee made the right decision. B, this is, this is huge for Tennessee football in recruiting. 
Yeah, and to go on another point of what you said, you fired Jeremy Pruitt, you fired two assistants, you fired seven more off-the-field staffers, everything. You completely restarted. You had to find a new athletics director. And more so than all that, because I do agree with you, I mean, you know, Jeremy Pruitt was not winning, so I, I understand. But more so than all that, you took yet another just beating to the face, black guy after black guy after black guy after black guy, and oh yeah, you paid a million dollars. You you paid a and, and still counting by the way because they're still on retainer. You paid a million dollars to investigate yourself, <laughs> you know. So it's like I understand, I get it from that perspective to where it comes off like, oh, Tennessee's not going to get anything. No, Tennessee got plenty, and there's more to come. I just think that this was such an a, a, an important step to get by because you know, we had told that this investigation was going to wrap up in the summer and then by football season, and then it just kept going on and on and on. But finally, the internal investigation is over, and Tennessee is uh, going to move on. Uh, ben, as we look at this Kentucky matchup, two teams that don't like each other, obviously last year was not fun for Tennessee nor Tennessee fans, but a Kentucky team that rattled off six straight wins to begin the season, uh, a win over Florida where Florida might have played its its worst football game ever, and Kentucky got a bunch of breaks, but give give the Wildcats credit. They pulled that out. Uh, pounded, just pounded LSU the following week, uh, but since then has come back down to earth. Lost to Georgia on the road. Who hasn't? I'm predicting a Tennessee loss to Georgia next week. Spoilers. Um, but also lost to Mississippi State in the worst game it played uh, last week on the road. In those losses to Georgia, Mississippi State, uh, Kentucky, who loves to run the football, combined for 117 rushing yards. Will Levis turned it over three times, three interceptions. Kentucky is having issues staying healthy, and Kentucky is having issues holding on to the football uh, with Rodriguez in the backfield. Uh, this is a Kentucky team that is that is starting to spiral in the wrong direction, and you're right. I, I still think they have three winnable football games, and they'll win those three football games um, after this game tonight. But uh, this would be a major, major blow yet again uh, for Kentucky that started off the season with so many high hopes of a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, and, and that's where I think we should start our preview of this football game, uh, especially for me and my thoughts of this football game and why I think Tennessee is going to win and why I've gotten to that point of, of thinking Tennessee is going to win. As many who follow my work know, I've, I've been pretty high on Kentucky all season. Not that I thought that they were going to go out and, and win the SEC East or anything of that nature, but I, I thought this team was was more than capable of winning nine to ten football games, and, and it looks like they're still going to do that. But I, I really think that their current record of being six and two, uh, them potentially getting to nine, ten wins, I, I don't think it's very reflective of what you imagine a nine, ten win football team being. When, when you hear six and two, this Kentucky football team does not come in to the picture. If, if, you, if you want to see a more realistic 6-2 and two football team, go watch Texas A&M and Auburn play this weekend. Kentucky is not what, what you think a 6-2 and two football team would be. So, again, I, I still think they are more than capable of beating Tennessee. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Kentucky beat Tennessee, quite frankly. Um, but I, I have come down to earth on my thought process uh, when it comes to Kentucky. I, I don't think they're nearly as good as what I thought that they were at the beginning of the season. And there's a lot of reasons for that. First off, you look at, at the turnover margin, negative 12, worst in the country, Eric. And I just, 
their, their turnover issues are, are pretty baffling. And I'm more so speaking about Chris Rodriguez, their running back. He has three fumbles against Mississippi State last Saturday. And there's also a two-game span earlier this season in which he fumbled four times within the 10-yard line. Within 10 yards of the goal line, and he fumbled four times within a two-game span. So Chris Rodriguez, their, their running back, who is really good, and apparently he is dealing with a wrist injury, so maybe that's why he is, is battling the, the fumbles. Um, he has a fumbling issue right now. Will Levis is tied for the SEC lead in, in interceptions thrown. So you can't be a good football team and be 130th in turnover margin. You can't be dead last in the country at minus 12 in turnover margin and be a good football team because not only are you turning the football over, you're also not creating any turnovers. 16 turnovers, four takeaways, three interceptions, one fumble recovery. It, it's just awful. And, I mean, Kentucky's defense is solid. It's sound. It's it's not as good um, as Mark Stoops has had in the past. But, I mean, it's it's fifth in the league and, and you know, yards given up, total offensive yards the other way, 335. I mean, it's it's pretty solid against the run. Gives up just 116. I mean, you know, this is this is a fine defense, but – it, it gets no takeaways. I mean, you're exactly right. And, you know, when you're not getting takeaways, you know, you, you, you can't afford to, to to do some of the things you're doing on offense, which is just incredible. So I think that's something else that plays into Tennessee's factor or Tennessee's way is you know, Tennessee's been pretty good at knocking that ball loose a couple of times this year. And, and you know, it, uh, the one at Alabama comes to mind a couple other times, obviously, this season, not just interceptions, but going through there, one in Florida, ripping that ball loose and, and giving yourself a chance. So I think that's going to be a good opportunity tonight. Um, like you, man, I'm, I'm, I'm high on Mark Stoops. I'm high on what he's done at Kentucky. I got to tell you, man, as the week, you know, when I, when I dove into this, uh, late Sunday, early Monday morning, and, and, you know, was getting into my first glance and dove into the stats and watched some tape, um, as the week has gone on and continued to study this and study this, man, I have, I have come on and, and I'll, I will say right now, if, if Tennessee loses tonight, I will be surprised. I really will. Um, in the match or not the matchup piece and the uh, prediction piece, uh, piece that we put out there yesterday, I said that any way we spin it, any way I try to spin it, outside of Tennessee turning the football over a couple of times in the first quarter and going down by a couple scores to where Kentucky can just play keep away and slow things down and and shrink the game. I mean, I, I don't see Tennessee losing this game in every matchup. Tennessee's got the edge, in my opinion, especially with Rodriguez and his fumbling issues. And you're right, Rodriguez is a good back man. He's second in the league in rushing, 809 yards. A second to um, you know Tyler Beatty at, at Missouri, and he, he's a good player. But as the week has gone on, um, I have grown more and more confident in what Tennessee's doing. And you, you couple that with coming off a bye when you're getting guys healthy, getting guys rested. You're going from back-to-back stretch where you played 193 defensive snaps in two weeks to a team that's last in the SEC with 61 plays a game. I mean, I think that's going to help in communication. I think that's going to help potentially get some more turnovers. Uh, I, I re- I'm really confident in, in the way Tennessee can go out there and, and play tonight against this team. But again, if you don't show up, uh, they're good enough to beat you. So it, it's it's one of those things to where this might be the most confident. And this was a true toss-up game at the beginning of the season. It was a true toss-up game as the season went along, really up until probably last week when I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to pick Tennessee to win this game you know, next week. Um, just one of those games to where I think Tennessee, it's a great opportunity for the Volunteers. This will be... If, if they get the win, this will be the seventh win of the season, you know, barring a disaster against South Alabama and Vanderbilt. I mean, you're looking at a seven and five regular season, everything going on. I mean, job well done. And 
and the pinnacle of that would be a win tonight at Kroger Field. Seven and five would be huge, especially when you think back to the preseason. And and there are some folks predicting Tennessee to win three and four football games and just laughed at the thought of Tennessee being ball eligible. Shout out Rivals Mike. <laughs> I, I I did not know that. I don't pay attention to him. Maybe I shouldn't admit that. But um, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I just to give you a little pushback, I mean, I on on your comment that you don't think that there's any way Tennessee or you you've examined all the matchups and, and just don't see Tennessee losing this football game. I I think Kentucky's offensive line is is more than capable of playing bully football and, and just absolutely putting their hands on, on Tennessee's defensive front and, and running the football down Tennessee's throat. I don't think that that will happen. Tennessee's been when you go back in and you look at Tennessee against designed runs for the running back. Tennessee's actually been pretty decent uh, against design runs for the running back. So, again, I don't think that that will happen. That's my prediction. But it's a possibility because this is a a defensive front that Rodney Garner is getting as much lemonade out of the lemons as as he can can squeeze. I'm willing to sit here and say that they are overperforming. And it still lacks talent. It still lacks depth, and that Kentucky offensive line does not lack talent, does not lack depth. Uh, that's a Kentucky offensive line where all guys are, are going to play in the NFL, uh, especially uh, their tackles and, and Luke Fortner on, on the inside. Chris Rodriguez, if, if he can solve his fumbling issue, he's going to play in the NFL. Wanda Robinson outside, he's an NFL player and capable of, I think, single-handedly beating Tennessee because he's that explosive on offense. So, um I do think that there's a, a, a map to success for Kentucky, but I agree with you with, with what you brought up in terms of the rest. Kentucky's banged up, uh, particularly on the defensive line in the interior, which is really good news since Cooper will be at center and Carvin left guard, Spragans at, at right guard, what, what you want in the interior of Tennessee's offensive line. But they're also banged up on, on offense as well, and they've been playing a lot of football here. And just it just didn't look right against Mississippi State. So uh, I do think there's a path to to a win for Kentucky, and it wouldn't be oh it's because Tennessee didn't take care of business. No, I, I think Tennessee Kentucky can can prove to be better than Tennessee, but I don't think that it will because again Rodney Garner, Tim Banks, they, they're coaching their tails off, and I think the bye week is is really going to come into play for Tennessee. Yeah, I think so too. And I think I mean like individual matchups. Like if there's one individual matchup in this game, it would be what you're talking about. Kentucky's run game against Tennessee's front seven. I would just give Tennessee the slight edge right now simply because of the fumbling issues. Um, but I, again, you're right. I mean, they 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 want to run the football. They're typically good at running the football. And if if just like with Tennessee, we talk about keys to game. Tennessee needs to string together some first downs, keep drives alive. You can't go three and out and score some points. I mean, same way with Kentucky. I mean, especially with the clock working in its favor, too. If Kentucky picks up first down, first down, first down, I mean, you're talking about and drives the length of the field 80 yards. I mean, you're talking about taking six, seven minutes off the clock and coming over the points. And that's something Tennessee can't have, especially if Tennessee were to try to be coming, you know, playing from behind. And so, yeah, I mean, I would agree with you there. Plus, too, if I'm Kentucky, I'm crazy if I'm not running Levis on third downs, third and five and more. I'm running Will Levis because. Tennessee has not shown the ability to stop that the last two games. And so until Tennessee shows the ability to stop it, I'm doing it. And, and Levis yep. is, is capable of doing that for sure. They don't, 
you know, they don't they don't run him a lot. They did a little bit against LSU. They don't run him a lot, but they should. Hell, he ran a lot at, at Penn State when he played. So I'm with you. There are ways, obviously, and I'm, I'm not trying to dismiss Kentucky. When you dismiss a team like Kentucky, you get punched in the face like last year. Um, but I just I, I just look at all these matchups. I mean, you know, Kentucky passing game, Tennessee secondary. Tennessee's, I mean, it's it's like going through Rob Spicey puts out everything. Oh, I, I agree with you. I yeah. agree with you. I think a lot of matchups, if if not all the matchups, are in Tennessee's favor. I, I agree with you. But I would put a, a question mark on Kentucky's running game against Tennessee's rushing defense. Like with Hendon Hooker and, and Tennessee's passing game against Kentucky's passing game, like I circle Tennessee. I, I know Tennessee is going to win – that matchup. Tennessee's receivers versus Kentucky's DBs. Uh, Kentucky has a defense is allowing opposing quarterbacks to complete two thirds of their passes. Hendon Hooker, very efficient, uh, one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the country. I know Hendon Hooker and Tennessee's receivers are going to have success. Uh, I, I lean towards Tennessee's running game having success against a, a Kentucky defensive front that is banged up and Tennessee is healthy with Tyon back with Cade looking like he's going to be back. Hendon's a week healthier. Jabari Small's a week healthier. So I I, I circle Tennessee in that matchup. Uh, Tennessee has had its special team (laughs) miscues this season. So has Kentucky. Kentucky's had three kicks blocked this season. So uh, Mike Eckler, although special teams has had its mistakes this year, he's also drawn up two punt blocks. So can Tennessee recreate that and, and, Josh Ali, their receiver, had a big kick return or punt return for a touchdown last week against Mississippi State. Would have been 10 points offensively, 10 points offensively without that against Mississippi yep. State. And Mississippi State's yes. good against the run, but still, like, I mean, yeah, you you're should have exactly more than right. 10. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you bring in Will Levis and you bring in Liam Cohen from the Rams, you return the offensive line uh, that they did, and, and you return Chris Rodriguez, and you add Wondell Robinson, mm-hmm. who's one of the best receivers in the SEC, you should you should have more success than that. So, like, I agree with you. I, I think Tennessee has the edge in, in practically all of the matchups, but I do put a question mark on can Tennessee slow down Kentucky running the football? That That's the only thing I, I question. I lean towards – Yes, Tennessee will be able to contain the run, but I still I'm going to have to also see it to believe it. I'm a big fan of watching good football players, and I thought what Kentucky was going to get out of Will Levis was be it was going to be a good football player, and I still think he's got a ton of potential. Um, much like Tennessee, they struggle to complete the down the field passing in terms of like a big play, you know, deep threat. Um, they don't challenge it nearly. I mean, if one thing you know about Josh Hopple, they're going to challenge the. Uh, the deep balls early and often, and uh, they're going to do it until they get it right. And Tennessee got it right so far this year. But there was a time where all we could talk about was the deep throws, the overthrows. Um, Levis is having issues connecting on those so far this year. I thought Kentucky was going to get a quarterback and they could finally have a piece to make that offense go a little bit. And he's got a ton of talent. I mean, he's third on the team in, in yards gained in terms of rushing. He scored three times there. I mean, he's thrown some nice balls, completing it at a, at a decent percentage. He just turns it over, man. You know, nine touch or nine interceptions. He's fumble. He's had his fair share of fumbling issues too. And when the game is shut down, or when the opponent shut down the run game, Mississippi State, Georgia, um, and the ball is placed in his hands, he can't go win you a foot. Or he, he at least has not shown the ability to go out there and win you a football game yet. Uh, look at Florida too. I mean, 
uh, Florida. He was seven to seventeen. You know, 80, 87 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Uh, Kentucky won that game, but they got a lot of help, and and it really, in my opinion, wasn't because of Will Levis. And so, um, you just hope that he won't be uh he won't show out to be a, a talented player here tonight against Tennessee. But I think he's been a disappointment for Kentucky, especially for Mark Stoops and and kind of what he thought he was getting. I mean, Mark Stoops. He, he was aggressive in the offseason. I think he was trying to change up his offense a little bit. Fired Eddie Graham, fired the quarterback's coach, went out, brought in some NFL talent and Coem and, and got this, you know, Levis, the quarterback, brought in Robinson. Just hadn't panned out. It looks like the same old Kentucky on offense, which, again, is a good running team, big offensive line, but struggling to score points in a hurry, come from behind, you know, slows things down. I mean, they just make everything ugly. And I bet that's kind of the same case for this week. And, and they take deep shots. They, they do. They just haven't been able uh, to hit on them. I mean, go back in and watch the Mississippi State game. And, and there were, I mean, three or four deep shots that were open. Not only did they take the deep shots, but they were open and they just couldn't, couldn't hit. I mean, on, on one a receiver had alligator arms on one. Will Levis overthrew the receiver. Another one was underthrown. I mean, it, it was just bad. And then a couple of other ones got picked off because he tried to force it. And they've really struggled with the deep ball since the Chattanooga game, which was in September, very early in the season. Um, this is from SEC StatCat, which is a good follow on Twitter if you're not already following them. Uh, but since the UTC game, Kentucky is 0 for 10 with two interceptions on deep balls since the Chattanooga game. 0 for 10, two interceptions. And on passes. We would 10, be losing, we would be losing our minds right now if that was a stretch for Tennessee. Yes. For for, we, for a, over a month stretch. We would be. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't even want to think about it. And then on passes, even just 10 yards or more down the field, Kane. Kentucky is 12 for 33, three touchdowns, five interceptions, and when they do complete one, it's 6.4 yards per attempt. So Kentucky is is really struggling through the air. You have to keep – you have to be aware of where Wanda Robinson is at all mm-hmm. times, but he is the only thing that should concern Tennessee through the air. And then vice versa – to your point about Tennessee's deep balls, I, I think you're going to see Tennessee take take some shots. They're going to try to establish a run, and I know they already tried to, to take deep shots, but Kentucky's corners have been very inconsistent this season. Uh, and, and we're talking about, again, as I said earlier, uh, a Kentucky defense that is allowing opponents to complete two-thirds of their passes. Hinden Hooker, very efficient. I expect Valus, Cedric, Javante all to, to have uh, pretty good games. Yeah, I mean, this was this was a team that did not have questions at cornerback coming out of the season. You had Cedric Dork, you've got uh you've got Mosley there and, and a couple of other guys, but now nah, you're right. They they have struggled specifically. I mean, everybody struggled last week. We're, we're, Rogers was 36 of 39 last week. I mean, goodness gracious. So yeah, I, I would agree with that as well. But I mean, what I want to know is where where the heck is Josh Ali gone, man? I mean, he when I went back and checked the the, the participation charts and everything, I mean, he had missed games, right? I mean, I, I haven't seen him missing any games. He's been banged up this year. Yeah, but I mean, so you got Robinson leading the team in 50, with fifty eight receptions. Ali is the second leading receiver at nineteen. I mean, 
and, and he's a good player throughout his career, right? But um, mm-hmm. obviously he's he's had his struggles as well. So this is just a team that I think that there is talent there. It just hasn't clicked at all. And I think Tennessee should take advantage of that. You should be getting healthier back there in the secondary as well. We, we mentioned, uh, you know, the guys for Tennessee that'll be healthy on the offensive line, tie on in the backfield. Elijah Simmons hopes to maybe try to give it a go. We'll have to see. I think he's a, I think he'd be like characterized as a game time decision, but that'd be big if he could get out there in that rotation, give you a little bit. He, he hadn't played since Missouri, I don't believe. So, um, I just I, I anyway I spin it I look at it, I I feel like Tennessee should not lose this football game but I do think it'll be a good one I think I had my final prediction at thirty one seventeen I I could see Tennessee scoring more than thirty one as well what was your where did you have this game thirty four twenty seven okay so you got a little bit closer I, I, yeah I think it's going to be a close game I I don't think Kentucky is is nearly as bad as people have made them out to be this week. Um, again, I've, I've come down on, on thinking that they're a good football team. I, I just think they're they're an average, solid football team that has benefited from a relatively easy SEC schedule. And if, if you if you flip schedules, give Kentucky's Tennessee's and, and give Tennessee's Kentucky's, I, I think that uh, Kentucky is definitely not six and two, and Tennessee's not four and four. Kentucky doesn't beat Pittsburgh right now. Do you think? I don't think they, they don't do. beat Pittsburgh. They don't beat Alabama, obviously. Um, They've beaten Florida once, so you got to give them credit. But I, I think if yes. they play ten times, I think Florida wins six or seven of them. I don't know. I, I think that's a wash. I think that's a coin flip. I, I think Florida has issues, big issues. Hey, and hey, Kentucky and Florida, two and two in the last four years, and Kentucky, of course, won down there in 2018. I love that little, little, little rivalry going back and forth here lately. Yeah, it's it's been good back and forth. Uh, so I, I I'm with you. I don't think that they beat Pitt. They're, they're not six and two is what I'm getting at. Yeah. And, and Tennessee is above five hundred. So and Kentucky also not beating Ole Miss. So I, I I think Kentucky is is not as good as I thought that they were at the beginning of the season, and that they've benefited from an easy schedule. So I, I have my score a little closer. So all my point is that I'll, although I've kind of come down on Kentucky. I still don't think that it's just a cakewalk yeah. as many are, are talking about. I, I think people are forgetting that Tennessee still does lack talent, still lacks depth. Kentucky may not have a ton of talent, but they do have depth because Mark Stoops has established that that football program. Josh Heupel and, and his offense, they're, they're squeezing more than they should squeeze. Uh, Tennessee's defense squeezing more than that coaching staff should squeeze, if that makes sense. So I, I think it'll be a close, competitive football game that both teams hate each other and both teams really want to win. And you're, you're using that. You're, you're squeezing all you can out of that lemon analogy here today, aren't you? Yeah, I see what you did there. I like uh, it. I, I will say I think Kentucky likes depth at running back because they don't play anybody else other than Smoke and, and Rodriguez. But no, I'm with you. And, and again, I in no way, shape, or form am I guaranteeing a victory. I just – the more and more I've gone over this, I've talked about this, I keep getting more and more confident in Tennessee. I would be more – I would be more surprised – if Kentucky won by seven to 10, then if Tennessee won by three, if that says anything, I just, that's just the way I see that game. But Hey, I have been wrong before. I will be wrong plenty more times. So we'll have to see how it plays out. That's why you play the game. But I do, I mean, what Mark Stoops has done with what he's been given has been so impressive, so flipping impressive. And there's a reason why Kentucky's not just a doormat anymore. Uh, bold prediction time. Um, I'll go first. I, I, 
I uh, very much miss badly on my bowl prediction against Alabama. But I'm going to say with the run game, you got a you got a healthy Tom Evans, a Jabari Small is going to be in there. You're you're getting healthy the offensive line, uh, front seven that's that's very talented. You know Josh Pascal, um, you've got uh, JJ Weaver on the edge there. You got Jones in the middle at linebacker. They're missing a couple guys in the interior. I get that, but I'm going to get Tennessee going back to you know back to normal in the run game. I'll say Tennessee runs for a buck, a buck sixty five. At least, maybe that's not too bold. It's not bold enough, sir. Is that not bold it's enough? Not bold. I don't think so. I'm not saying 200. I'll go. I'll go. A, I'll go a buck 80. Give me a buck 80 on the ground, and Tennessee. <laughs> that's not will, that bold either. T- Tennessee's going to have not a 100 yard rusher, but Tennessee's going to have two guys to get over 60 yards. Which guys? Well, of course. Oh well, I guess we count in Hooker. Uh, I think Small and Evans will both get over 60 yards. I think they'll both score touchdowns, and I think Tennessee will be knocking on the door to 200 rushing yards. Yes, and I don't, I don't think your yardage is is very bold, but maybe I'll I'm trying this. to play it safe this week because I was so bad against Alabama. <laughs> but where where I do think it is bold, though, Kane is like even though it's like 200 is bold in my opinion. Like 160, 180 is a great day on the ground. And it's bold to predict Tennessee to have a great day on the ground against a Kentucky rushing defense that's barely allowing over 100. They've been, they, they've been pretty solid against the run. So uh, it, it'll be a massive success. If I, I do think it's bold, just not the yardage. I, I think Tennessee having a great day on the ground against a, a, a good Kentucky rush defense is a bold prediction. Mine is that all three of Tennessee's receivers have um, a, a deep ball completion. I, I think Cedric Tillman, Valus Jones, and Javante Payton all have a completion of 40 or more yards. Now, for like a guy like Valus, will it be a deep ball throw or will it be something underneath that he – gets 40 yards with with that yak i i I could see either happening um i I was kind of thinking of do you remember that skinny post that he caught over the middle of the field against pittsburgh yeah after hooker came in yeah it was it was late in the game tennessee marched right down the field and and tied the game or maybe it was no it was south carolina it was south carolina it was a south carolina game right after i remember that for sure yeah after South Carolina uh, had the the stupid trick play at the goal line and threw an interception in the end zone with its defensive lineman, Jordan Birch. It was on that drive. Uh, Hendon turned around and, and just an absolute missile mm-hmm. over the middle of the field to Bayless. That That's more so what I have in, in mind for Bayless. With Tillman and Payton, I think they catch two deep ball touchdowns. I, I don't know what yardage, but I think bona fide deep balls like Tillman had against Alabama, like Payton has done against Florida, those are the type of deep balls that I think uh, Tillman and, and Peyton have. And, and then I'll, I'll just keep it simple and say Bayless, just a 40-yard reception, whether that's on, on an easy little screen play or, or a skinny post over the middle of the field. I think I think these receivers and Hendon are going to have success. Uh, Kentucky secondary just isn't all that great and have been really inconsistent this season. Like I, I'm not a coach. I consider myself a football junkie, football nerd. I just I appreciate so much when I watch stuff on film. 
when I was watching on film and, and I caught a little bit of it in real time, but you know how it is. You're up in the press box. Everything's going by so quick and you're doing 10 different things. When I saw, I forgot his name. Uh, when I saw that cornerback with his back turned playing seven off and Tennessee just sees it and snaps it. And I mean, Hey, Cedric Tillman, he is not the fleetest of foot. Now we know that, but he got separation caught that thing. I'm like against Alabama. That's what you got to do every single time. You got to take advantage of those miscues. And hey, to this credit, man, Alabama had a lot of miscues. Two pre-snap penalties um, for Alabama. Nick Saban was losing his mind. And so um, that's those type of things you can see. Okay, well, you know, Tennessee's being coached well. They're recognizing that type of stuff. And that's why I think Tennessee's on uh, the right path here. But here's what I want to know and what, you know, everybody really listening wants to know. We're about to get in the car. We're about to spend the entire day with Austin Price, really two days. How are we going to survive this? Well, thankfully, it, it's only it, it's less than than twenty four hours. Thankfully, uh, it's not two days. Quit quit making it longer what? than the Sat- Saturday into Sunday. You're right. It's less, less than, than twenty four hours. Oh, that, 20, that's the way. Twenty three hours. Yeah. Yes, that, that's the way I'm looking at this. I'm um, I'm looking at this as as less than twenty four hours, not two days. That that makes it seem like hell, quite frankly. Uh, and, and here's the other thing: we only have to be in the car for him. We we really only have to be with him for six hours if my math's right two and a half there or, or five hours whatever i can't do math on on this early in the morning um it, it's five thank you very much uh, two and a <laughs> half there two and a half back um we, we really only have to be with him in the car because when we're at the game we can choose to walk away from him um, and he's the mayor you know he'll be going off doing all his you know he's the mayor so well in lexington he is he he Austin Price in Knoxville is what Matt Jones is in Knoxville. Oh, really? See, I didn't know that. Yeah. Matt, Matt, Matt Jones, not, not liked here. Well, I know, I know that, but Austin Price, he, he's hated in Lexington? No, but he, he'd be the one walking around and pissing people off by, <laughs> by making some comments probably. So uh, not, not the mayor of, of Lexington for sure. So we can walk away from him if we choose to. And yeah. then like tomorrow night when, when we're at the hotel – He's staying with Hubs in Hubs, Hubs' room, so we won't be around him then either. So really, we only have to be around him in the car. And I guess technically we are going to to lunch on, on the way up there, which means we'll have to sit in a McDonald's drive through for at least two hours uh, yet again. So Man, you, I, you I, don't, know, I don't know. You're driving. You know he won't let me have front seat. So I, I you know, I might, I might just. Ah, yeah, that's true. I might just get but in that he, back seat and sleep. You, you just. We have a rendezvous point. You just need to get there before he does, and get in the car before he can. Boom, boom. That's coming up here this afternoon. Of course, Tennessee at Kentucky, seven o'clock. Uh, the Volunteers looking for win number five on the season, win number three in Southeastern Conference play. Got so much coverage here at VolQuest.com. Of course, we'll have a live thread going during the game. Two-minute drill before kickoff and tons post-game uh, press conference or post-game press conference from coaches and players. We'll have our mini-pod afterwards. Uh, Rob will have four things he learned, all that type of stuff, all that coverage uh, for Tennessee at Kentucky coming up at VolQuest.com. Game Quests brought to you by Smoky Mountain Organics. Remember, it's East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store focusing on natural products, organic remedies, and a variety of elements. Visit one of the four locations, Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, and the newest location right here in Knoxville at 8018 Kingston Pike across from the Trader Joe's. And when you go in there, Mitch and VolQuest, you'll get 15% off your total purchase on the price. So that's on in-store purchases only. Big thanks to Smoky Mountain Organics. For Ben McKee, I'm Eric Kane. Happy game day, everybody. As soon as he heads up to Lexington, 
uh, to try to get a win at Kroger Field. This has been Game Quest, your Kentucky edition. You've been listening to Game Quest, a VolQuest pregame podcast with Ben McKee and Eric King. Stay dialed in to VolQuest.com for complete game day coverage. This has been Game Quest, a VolQuest production.